My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. With the viral pandemic and shutdowns and all the insanity that is still hard to believe has occurred over the last two years, on the list of things that had to get used to was this idea of live streaming mass. At the Newman Catholic Center at Montclair State, where I'm assigned, in March of 2020, when everything first started, we had a somewhat unique experience. First off, we have four focused missionaries who are recent college graduates dedicated to serving in campus ministry who were living in apartments at the Newman Center with me. So we were in effect quarantined together. And they're being a bit more tech savvy, explained to me how we could easily live stream everything with our students with our iPhones and our iPads. So within days, we were basically doing all of our regular programs, our Bible studies, our meetings as well as masses and Eucharistic Holy Hours online with our students, just to try to keep some sense of normalcy for all of them, and truth be told, for ourselves as well. It was helpful in a lot of ways, but obviously it was far from perfect. The quality wasn't always the best. You'd have Wi-Fi issues and such. But when confronted with the nonstop negative news and orders of what you couldn't do, this was at least something. But one thing I didn't expect was getting an online audience that was at times in the hundreds and at our peak, even thousands of people that were tuning in. It was hard to believe that we were one of the first ones to be offering live stream masses and that people were finding us and sharing us all over the world. And with a lot of the craziness of those worst of times behind us, we've dropped a lot of our live streaming. For one, our college students are Zoomed out with all the virtual stuff, and myself included on that. 
And we know that our, our weekly events or our Bible studies, it can be awkward to have some people in person while some are online. In a pinch, if there's an outbreak or something, or now during these summer months when they're all far away from campus, we might just revert to it just to help keep them connected. But we try to shy away from doing it. But the only thing that we have continued to live stream on a regular basis during the semester was our Sunday night mass, which honestly I was kind of conflicted about because I didn't want to continue to encourage people to simply watch online because it's not the same as being here in person. It's not meant to be an acceptable option or an alternative to being in person, especially for us as Catholic Christians. Sacraments are moments where we encounter Jesus Christ real and present among us. Outward signs instituted by Jesus Christ to give grace, as some of you memorized decades ago. Sunday Mass is something as Catholics we're obligated to attend, not log into. But I also knew that there were some who were still incredibly afraid and were very limited in going anywhere or doing anything. And some of our students actually had family members who are homebound who enjoyed the live streams and to worship with their grandchildren. So I didn't want to be insensitive to these legitimate things or even when our students would end up being ordered to quarantine because of an exposure or something for them to feel completely disconnected. So long story short, we continued it through this past year. But one regular online congregant said to me they noticed something peculiar about our Sunday Masses. There's a lot of them, actually, the fact that we're celebrating Mass in the cafeteria, for one. But the one that they noted was that each week, right after I receive the body and blood of Christ at Mass, and before I start distributing communion, I always make an announcement. I say, for those Catholics who are in the state of grace and wish to receive the body of Christ, I invite you to come forward from the front to the rear and then return to your seats by the side aisles. For those who aren't Catholic, or if you're not prepared to receive communion, and you'd like to receive a blessing, I'd invite you to please come forward, just cross your arms over your chest, and I'll be happy to give you a blessing. And there's a couple reasons I always do that. It's not uncommon for us to have a random student just seeing mass going on in the student center in the cafeteria and wander in just to see what's going on. Or sometimes we'll have a different religion professor who will assign a non-Catholic to attend a service different from their own tradition just to experience something different and then to write about it. Or one of our students might invite a friend or a roommate to come with them, which is what makes me the most happy. That's evangelization 101. Would that every one of us did that on a regular basis. But the other reason I make the announcement is to meant to be as a reminder that going to Mass on Sunday is an obligation. Receiving the Eucharist is a precious gift. It's something that's extremely serious and that we need to take seriously. And we work really hard with our students to very gently catechize them on that point. Some didn't know, for example, that they're supposed to fast for an hour before going to Mass. Some didn't know that missing Sunday Mass was a mortal sin and that they needed to go to confession before they would receive communion again. Some didn't even know what a mortal sin was and haven't been to confession since their first confession. So there's a lot of work we have to do sometimes. 
So this particular online congregant watching our Sunday Mass live stream who asked me about this said they were surprised to see how many kids were coming forward every Sunday just to receive a blessing. And she noted that she had never really seen that in her local parish, which I agreed with her. We're living in some very strange times. People are stressed, they're on edge, they're angry about a lot of things, even within the church. I think one of the horrific impacts of the sex abuse scandals in the church has been that church leaders not doing the right thing. They didn't deal with the reports of abuse in the right way. They didn't deal with the victims in the right way. They didn't treat those alleged of abusing others in the right way. But it's also crippled the church from doing the right thing in regard to speaking our truths about our faith in clarity and in charity. Where we were perhaps overcompensating, maybe just grateful that people were simply coming to Mass, rather than talking about the seriousness of what we do in this sacred place. The call to holiness that every one of us is responsible to respond to. And that's why when Archbishop Cordialone, the Archbishop of San Francisco, issued a statement on Friday that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was being barred from receiving the Eucharist, it became international news. And these very politically divisive times, for some, Sadly, this simply became another story on the rundown of talking points that was either a cause for celebration, with one saying, this is another great day for our side, to others saying all kinds of vile things about the church and its leaders, or pointing to other Catholic clerics or personalities to hear what they wanted to hear, like, this is wrong, and if Nancy Pelosi came to me, I would give her communion, and so on. For the Archbishop to have to come to this point to make such a public declaration is probably the last thing he wanted to do. He had written a, a public letter talking about the importance of life and the grave evil that abortion is, which has been consistent church teaching for thousands of years. He had tried to reach out privately to this politician to privately speak to her about her very public stands where she's vowed to expand laws allowing abortion up to the day of birth and even in some instances after birth which is more accurately called infanticide he especially was concerned where she would propose these things and then invoke her catholic faith and distort church teaching to justify these positions all of this is awful and these are strange and serious times. And even though this is the last thing I wanted to talk about or bring up in a homily, I know people have been misled and confused and manipulated for so long. And I know just mentioning the word abortion can be triggering for people. I know people personally who've suffered from abortion. I have students, I have friends who I love and care for deeply who've been through this. And I know I don't know the totality of their stories or their situations or circumstances, but I know that they're suffering and they're in pain. And some are lost and some are trying to find healing. And the last thing I want anyone 
who's suffered from that to think is that they're unwelcome, that they're being judged here, that this is not a place for them. God sees the heart, and he wants to bring his love and healing to this world, especially to those who feel the most lost and alone and afraid. And I believe that with every fiber of my being. And I have friends who've spent a great deal of their lives of ministry helping women and men who've been hurt by abortion to find how Jesus can bring forgiveness and healing even into these spaces that they feel are unforgivable. Unforgivable is a lie from the devil, and he's been masterful at convincing many people to believe. Jesus' love and his mercy is abundant and generous and is available. But just as deeply, I recognize how important it is for us to reflect on what we do here, what receiving the Eucharist really means, what Jesus means when he says in today's gospel, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Love isn't just a warm, fuzzy feeling. Love isn't just doing nice things. Love to Jesus is defined as his laying down his life for us on the cross. It's a call to selflessness and to sacrifice. His call to love invokes the importance of obedience to his word, to his commandments, which is often in conflict with the world, and it's demanding and it's difficult, which is why this recent news isn't something that anyone should be celebrating or ridiculing, but rather it's a a call for, for deeper prayer and reflection for all of us. Do we actually believe that the host we receive is Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity? Do we recognize the sacredness of this gift? Do we see his love and his humility that he comes to us in such accessible ways because he means what he says in today's gospel, that he wants to come and make a dwelling within us? If we do, Do we recognize the need on our part to prepare to receive him? To learn why he teaches what he teaches through our church? To humble ourselves and to repent of our sins and to go to confession? These are difficult and strange and serious times. It's why even in the midst of this season of Easter joy, the Lenten practices of prayer fasting and almsgiving are not meant to be simply Lenten things, but all the time things. May each of us commit to those practices for ourselves, for one another, and also for all of our politicians and our church leaders who are entrusted with so much responsibility and will be held to greater standards for those positions of service.